0: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls it's tuesday august 29th 2017 and you know what that means it's time for the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy two nerds in a pod episode number 41 i'm lum also known as mr nice guy and i got my comrade in gaming commentary with me the miggity 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 mac also known as mac shin mac it's been two weeks since the last episode what's been happening in the world of mac what's what's, what's been popping man how's things uh-huh.
1: well i think we need to begin with the uh, return of the mac once again return, return of the mac, the mac. Yeah. <laughs> dude so, i was
0: not expecting that
1: well i like to change it up every so often especially for uh for episode 40 right episode 41 episode 41 even better yes especially for episode 41 but uh but yeah i'm uh i'm having a good day i've had a great past couple of weeks i mean it's been a shame things haven't exactly uh uh worked out uh for us last week to do the show but uh but you know it's been it's been good i i can't really point to any specific things except for you know I'm I'm working currently on I'm just gonna hold up.
0: Wow, um, that's what's up. That's I'm working, what's
1: up. I'm working through uh, Mega Man Nine currently with. Yeah, Perlers. so for those
0: who those who are listening to this after the fact, you just held up a perler that you're working on.
1: Yes, of one of the robot masters from Mega Man Nine. I'm actually doing all the robot masters from all the Mega Man uh, from all the Mega Man games one through ten. Um, in the classic series, using the Mega Man 7 and 8 demake versions for the sprites. So I've, I've, you know, mentioned it and held a few of them up, but I'm getting close to the end, so I'm pretty darn excited.
0: I'm excited. What are you going to do with them? You're going to just display them, or are you going to...
1: Um... I'm going to give them away. Um, I've, uh, I've decided, so I've done a few, like, Perler giveaways on my own, you know, on my own Twitch channel. Um, and I think I've figured out the perfect balance, so I'm going to raffle each set from each game off as its own thing. So, like Mega Man 1, all six robot masters are going to go together, Mega Man 2, all eight of those will go together, and so on and so forth. But, but, um, because in a few of the previous ones, I've like done giveaways, and somebody has been like, oh, okay, well. I guess this is cool, but this isn't really the one I wanted. Ah. I'm only going to have people, uh, you know, chime in for what they want. But also at the same time, I only want people who are like serious about that they want that pearler to actually get in on it. So I'm going to be like $3 donation and you tell me which perler set you want and that's the drawing you're in for. That way it's kind of the best of both worlds. You know, nobody's like, Nobody, if they, if they miss out, you know, for three bucks at a chance at getting a full set of robot masters, nobody's like, darn, I feel gypped. But at the same time, nobody winds up, you know, like cluttering up the drawing for a set of robot masters that they don't actually want, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's a good idea, man. That's the way to do it.
1: Yeah, I think, I I think it'll work. So we'll give it a shot. Nice,
0: man. So working on some pearlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else fantastic happening in your life, man? Uh, um, I mean, I know there's a lot, but anything that you want to share on stream specifically?
1: Man, um, sorry, I'm
0: distracting you with the tweets. I can tell. I tweeted out the no. stream and I tagged you in it. I see you looking at the phone, retweeting yeah, and it. I've
1: gotta, and I've got to, and I've got to retweet it. You've I gotta. mean, how can I not retweet it? Um, so, so yeah, it's. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, uh, so. Uh, Mrs. The Mac had some great fortune professionally. Um, she was working uh, part time for one particular place, and they've brought her on full time with benefits, which nice. is very cool.
0: Nice. Um, I now have a, uh, uh,
1: I now have an assistant manager who I really like, and who uh, myself, Mrs. The Mac, and 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 her husband, we're all friends. Fantastic, so, dude. That's good. It's just, uh, I kind of feel like life's in a good place right now.
0: That's awesome, man.
1: Well, dude, same thing for me. And
0: I have nothing like spectacular that I can think of. My kids, my two oldest kids are starting school. And so that's fantastic. You know, it's like, I feel too young to be taking kids to school. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I have kind of a funny story that I want to share. So we went to go meet his teacher and, uh, and we're waiting in line, and there's parents in front of us. And the parent that was right in front of us goes up to the teacher, shakes her hand, and says, Hey, I just want you to know my kid has a gluten allergy, so they cannot eat any gluten. And the teacher's like, Okay, that's, that's not that out of the ordinary. But the parent keeps going. She's like, Listen, it's so serious that if she even shakes hands with someone who has eaten something with gluten in it, she will break up, break out, rather. And the teacher was just was like, This, this is going to be the worst school year ever that's what the look on her face said Uh and there was a goldfish cracker on the ground and the parent was like like that goldfish cracker right there you're gonna have to make sure you keep those off the floor and away from my kid or else she could go to the hospital and i was like trying to keep a straight face and i think the teacher was so mad i mean how how are you gonna do that as a teacher i know this has nothing to do with video games but i mean that's that's i feel like if your kid is that that sensitive to gluten maybe they should just be homeschooled maybe they should just be in a bubble forever uh, and so I think that teacher is gonna retire uh, before the end of the school year just because that's a very stressful situation but as far as gaming stuff goes uh, I'm super hyped for destiny uh, I'm, I'm really excited for that and I picked up this week as far as nerdy stuff goes guardians of the galaxy 2 3d 4k set steelbook very hard to find picked up that bad boy at Best Buy got very lucky uh, shout out to Best Buy in Orland Park Illinois best Best Buy I've ever been to that was one of the highlights of my week and Mac on that note I say we do what we do best and we hop right into the news
1: absolutely Mr. Nice guy can I start the news off I know of this course is a regular can all right I wanted to just put on everybody's radar a little thing called do 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 um, the Walking Dead our world I hope you weren't going to talk about... No, I was one, not. Mr. I read guy. about it, but it's all you, man. Okay, so it is an augmented reality game, very much in the same line with things such as Pokemon Go and whatever those other games are. But the idea is that it'll be, uh, it'll be augmented reality. You strap your phone to your face, and then you go ahead and fight zombies, which I have been waiting for for so long, so very long. Um... I, ages ago, had this plan to build an indoor shooting area where, instead of shooting, like, an actual gun, you shot, like, uh, you shot, like airsoft yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Yep. But the idea was you would have this platform, and there would be tracks, um, you know, going out like spokes from a wheel. And on these tracks, at the far end, would be these zombies. And the only way to halt the progression of this silhouette silhouette of a zombie would be to hit a spot in its head that was actually on a spinner with a. Okay, I feel uh, you. I got thing. you. Yeah, yeah. So basically, the the goal would be you would start up the simulation with you'd pick the speed of the zombies, how bad the infestation is and then you would have to hold out as long as you could with your ammunition prioritizing targets coming from all 360 degrees um and of course only a headshot would stop them ammo management
0: Uh, is ammo management is crucial in a zombie apocalypse
1: and and then you would just do that until you you know couldn't do it any anymore and i thought this would be a fantastic game well Apparently, this game is kind of shooting for very similar things. You'll be able to do it, you know, in parks, in wherever. You'll probably have your usual run-of-the-mill little Bluetooth controller to, uh, to activate it. But they've just done a little bit of talking about it and also mentioned that you'll be able to play with... Uh, um, uh, the promotional materials seem to indicate that you'll be able to play with other people playing the same game fighting against the same horn. But that's just sort of an implication from the promotional material, and we all know we can't take that too heavily.
0: Now, it's my understanding that this is going to be kind of like a Pokemon Go-esque game. Is that right? It does seem to be that way. And that's hilarious to me, because the premise of people wearing a smartphone over their eyes in public killing zombies is just going to be hilarious. You know, for people who see them and have no idea what's happening.
1: Yes, it will, be, it will be a little bit more silly than, than just holding it in your hand and catching Pokemon. Um, actually, quite a bit more silly, yes, I will admit. But hey, I am willing to do it for the zombies. Me
0: too. Do it for the zombies. That should be a hashtag.
1: Hashtag do it for do the zombies. Do it for the zombies. And put it in the chat. Yeah.
0: Good stuff, man. Anything else on that game uh, that we wanted to report on? I think it's a fascinating idea.
1: Um, nothing aside from that. That's pretty much where we stand That's pretty thus far. Details, I'll uh, keep you updated as they come out because you know I'll be following this
0: one. Yeah, no price point or anything like that for this one yet, is there? Nope. Um, probably, I'm going to guess free-to-play with microtransactions. That seems to be the theme of these types of games lately. So we'll see what happens. Uh, got a new story here from Game Rant, you guys. Uh, it says the PlayStation Plus free games for September may have leaked ahead of their scheduled announcement tomorrow. Folks online have spotted a Facebook advertisement that shows the free games as infamous Second Son and Child of Light. Some like the folks at WWG even managed to take a screenshot as proof of their discovery. Shortly after the news spread, however, people began reporting that the sites, reporting that the, sites the ads originally linked have gone dead. This could indicate their authenticity if Sony pulled these ads because they went live too early. If the ads turn out to be the real deal, then PlayStation users can look forward to two solid titles in September infamous second son is the third game in the franchise blah 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 I'm not gonna read all about that uh Mac I know you haven't played infamous second son but I believe child of light is a steam title uh, did you ever it get to is. play that one did you ever I haven't
1: played child of light but I do actually have the soundtrack because that soundtrack is fantastic is it really so yeah I've heard the music it's a great soundtrack I mean it's Kind of right up there with uh uh, uh what is it near uh, near automata right because well automata's the most recent one but the one before that was just near right I believe so yeah yeah okay I'm pretty sure that just playing near was was a fantastic soundtrack but Child of Light was still pretty darn good too I put it up there with that
0: now I believe and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong in the chat by the way welcome for beat welcome here and thank you for being here all those of you here who are here for episode 41 we're 41% of the way to 100 episodes um you guys can let me know I believe that Child of Light is a spiritual successor to Bastion I could be wrong um but Bastion is one of the best indie games I've ever played and I think I have Child of Light already on my PS4 uh so I really need to jump into it and just check it out do you play Bastion Mac back in the day
1: Oh, yeah. Back, by back in the day, I mean earlier this summer, yes. <laughs> well, oh, dude, that sweet, sweet narration. Dude,
0: that's what I was going to say. The narrator's voice was epic. Like People always talk about Morgan Freeman reading him a bedtime story. I don't know who the narrator is for Bastion, but that dude has a voice, man. Like, you made the, the kid. game engaging. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm.
1: The kid rages out for a while. Sometimes you just got to let those demons out.
0: Yeah, man. It was like listening really to like a Western sophisticated game. I don't even know how to put it into words. It was a fantastic game. I really liked it a lot. Anyway, guys, those are potentially our PS Plus titles. I I think I already have both of them, but that's okay. Uh, Moving on, you guys, and we're going to talk a little bit about Xbox One now and a little bit later, Um, but this is from Game Rant as well. It says, With Crackdown 3 being delayed and with Scalebound canceled altogether, many fans and critics have raised concerns about the upcoming lineup of Xbox One exclusives or the lack thereof. But Microsoft is adamant that there are plenty of strong exclusives, cl- <laughs> plenty of strong exclusives coming down the line. In an interview at Gamescom 2017, the head of Xbox games marketing, Aaron Greenberg, revealed that Microsoft has "quote so many big exclusives," and Xbox One fans can expect "quote all different types of games, all great exclusives." Greenberg specifically name-checked Player Unknown's Battlegrounds which is now being published by Microsoft and Xbox One, as well as Super Lucky's Tale, State of Decay 2, Forza Motorsport 7, and Tale of Thieves. Um, and now here's where this gets tricky to me. Mac, you've heard of Player Unknown Battlegrounds, right? It's kind of like H1Z1, mm-hmm. uh, but just with a little bit different feel, not zombie-based. Do you consider a game to be an exclusive if it is on one console, but also on PC? Just in your opinion...
1: yeah because it's exclusive to that console of the consoles i kind of you know and blame it on my my whole pc master race attitude but i kind of have that whole the consoles are here and pc is over here so i think that that's probably a bit of a stretch for most people but for me yeah i'll let i i'll allow it
0: you'll allow it he'll allow it mac the judge will allow it I wanna know your guys' opinions in the chat. Let me know what you think. If a game is exclusive to Xbox or exclusive to PlayStation, but it also exists on the PC, do you consider that game to be an exclusive? I personally don't, uh, because I think that a lot of gamers, I mean, I get that there's the PC Master Race thing, but I think that more and more we have gamers who also own a PC that's capable of running these titles, right? And if they're Mm -hmm. gonna play competitive, where are they gonna play, right? they're not gonna play on Xbox they're gonna play on PC so where esports are so prevalent now they're so popular I feel like for a game that has esports potential to truly be an exclusive it has to either be only on the console or only on the PC because you can't say hey we got this on Xbox it's only on Xbox oh but if you want to play esports everyone's on PC for that and then still say that the game is exclusive does that make sense Mac
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I'm all Not I that you have to
0: agree. I just want to make sure that I got that point across. Yeah.
1: No, I can see where you're coming from um, because, I mean, not like, let's see, Last of Us is still play, PlayStation exclusive, right?
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's definitely an exclusive. And, I mean, I I can see on the one hand, yeah, I'm just like, uh, well, it's exclusive amongst the consoles, Right, um, and then, right. of course, there's the, the whole timed exclusive things, where it's like this, this particular group of consoles, or this particular console, gets it before everyone else. But then that's not really exclusive, I don't think. I especially think in that case, there is no question in my mind. A timed exclusive is not an exclusive. Right, um, I agree. But that's just my take on it. And
0: the thing is, too, is they're saying it's exclusive to Xbox, but it is currently on PC and has not come out for Xbox yet. So I don't know. To me, and yeah, it's in PC beta. PC
1: exclusive. Woo! <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that rant about exclusivity. Um, what did people say in the chat? I want to see if anyone commented or if people were quiet on that. Uh, they're saying that is what's called a console exclusive. To say otherwise is false marketing. Mm. Um, I'm not sure I understand that comment. Oh, they're saying that this is a console exclusive, but it's false marketing. I get it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Well, guys, we've got some more news stories. Let's talk about Call of Duty for a little bit because I want to talk about betas in general and, and how we feel about them. Um, they just had a beta weekend for Call of Duty uh, World War II, which is coming out in November. And then additionally, there will be another Call of Duty beta on September 1st. This article is on GameSpot. It says, the Call of Duty World War II beta's first weekend has come to an end. Now, developer Sledgehammer Games has spoken up to thank fans for participating in what the studio called a, quote, extremely helpful beta testing process. As part of this, Sledgehammer posted a rundown of some of the key action items it's looking to address before the beta's second weekend, which begins on September 1st. Now, I want here before I read what some of these errors are that they're going to address, I want to get people's opinion on if you think these errors... Well, let me just read them first. I don't want to lead people to think a certain way. Um, here's one of them. It says, Some players reported seeing an error message that said servers were down when they weren't. There's also a bug where you select, unlock, and equip for an item, but it only unlocks and does not equip. Additionally, Sledgehammer said it's looking to do some fine-tuning on the game's audio and hit marker audio, adding that the NPC callouts for enemy positions need some addressing. Additionally, Sledgehammer released a list of features and adjustments it hopes to make to Call of Duty: World War II in time for the game's launch in November or later. Um, changing the scores required to win team deathmatch and the number of domination kills, and and things like this. Um, I want to get. I'm gonna give my opinion on this, and then anyone who wants to, Mac, you can chime in. To me, a beta. I don't know, a, a beta should not be a bug test, right? Mm-hmm. A, a beta should be an opportunity to see what guns are overpowered, you know, to make sure that things are running smoothly, potentially even to check the server stress that happens when you have thousands and thousands of people playing your game. It shouldn't be something that, that gives uh, input on stuff that could have been troubleshooted, or I guess troubleshot, in-house. And I feel like that's what's happening here. I feel like they let people play the game, and now they're just saying, oh, there's all these bugs that they should have realized on their own when they were testing the game in-house. That's my thought on it. Um, I don't know if anyone agrees or disagrees with that, or, or Mac, if you have any stance on betas. If not, that's totally cool. But that's, that's just how I feel about it. I feel like if changes are going to be made as a result of a beta, it should be to make the game more esports-friendly and flow better. That's my and no one in the chat oh wait someone says cod pre-orders and sales numbers blah 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 man y'all are just hating on call of duty and not answering the question and that's totally cool that's totally cool mac i know you're not a console guy so i won't put you on the spot with this um we got some more news though and we got some more some more fascinating news we got uh we got some stuff about and then actually let's read this one first we got we got a marvel news story everybody loves marvel this is a nerd podcast um it says and this is on game rant as well it says, on the video game side, Marvel Comics has been quite busy as they help prepare to launch Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite next month and are continuing projects set to release in 2018 like Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 and the still-secret Avengers collaboration with Square Enix. It would appear Marvel isn't done as there isn't done there, as the company has just filed a new trademark for its popular Secret Wars storyline. While trademarks are nothing new to companies like Marvel, fans took notice back on August 18th when the Phase... When the phrase "secret wars" was officially filed with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, while this trademark, what made this trademark even more interesting is that it's intended for computer and online games, not comics. There's a lot of potential places Marvel could go with this story-heavy event, from a standalone game to DLC for a title like Lego Marvel Superheroes 2. Mac, favorite superhero man. Not even a gaming question. Favorite superhero, and you guys in the chat can let us know what you think. I'm just hyped while you're thinking. I can tell you're thinking. I'm just hyped that Marvel is putting out more games, and I'm hoping that they will be quality games. Uh, I'm, and think Arkham Asylum, you know, Arkham City type caliber. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, Mac, what favorite superhero, dude? Who you got?
1: Batman. Batman, I've okay. I always love Batman, but if we're talking, but my favorite superpower, without question, though, is, uh, is Nightcrawlers superpower. I would be thrilled if I could have Nightcrawler's superpower of teleportation, even limited distance teleportation, you know, line of sight like he does. I'd be fine with that. Totally fine. Okay,
0: nice. Now, I've always been partial to Wolverine, and I'm a huge Spider-Man fan too. But I mean, if we're talking superhero movies... I think that I'd probably have to do that original Batman trilogy as some of the top. I mean, that's those movies were just so, so good. You know what I mean? Uh, and I wish that he was still playing Batman instead of uh, Ben Affleck, but it is what it is. Uh, we'll just have to deal with it. Now, Mac, we got Justice League. I know I'm getting sidetracked, but we got Justice League mm-hmm. coming out mm-hmm. in November. Are you hyped for that or not really? Eh,
1: it's, I mean, it's Batman. Wonder Batman's Batman's cool. What, um, what was cool? I mean... Yeah, Wonder Woman was fantastic. Um, but... I mean, Batman v. Superman was... a big letdown for me.
0: See, now, everybody says that, and I don't think it was as bad a movie as everyone says. It was hard to follow the beginning of the storyline, but uh, I feel like the fight scene at the end was solid. You know what I mean? And they're doing this new thing where they introduce superheroes... Um, we're going to be in upcoming movies as a way of kind of getting, getting them some uh, notoriety, and so they had Wonder Woman in there. Uh, they did the same thing where they had Spider-Man in the Avengers before the new Spider-Man reboot. So I don't know. I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was maybe like a seven out of ten. I didn't think it was a three, like everybody seems to think. But that's just. Well, I'm not me.
1: saying it was a three. I'd give it probably a five. That's still maybe really bad.
0: That's still really bad, man.
1: Well, no. I mean, we're talking a Likert scale. Five is by definition, you know, neutral.
0: So if your wife was like, you know tens, what, you know what, ten's Mac?
1: great. I think oh, you're, mm-hmm. I
0: think you're a five.
1: You know, yeah, you're a five. Like,
0: well, how would you feel about that?
1: Well, if I'm a five, that means I'm average. So I'm doing all right. I'm not ugly. You guys Although, know. I'm I about, I'm about to
0: out you. I'm about to out you. One at one point, Mac was gonna audition for a movie. <laughs> So you yes. can't believe that you're a 5. You can't believe that you're neutral if you were willing to try to be in front of millions of people. I hope you don't mind me sharing that out here.
1: No, no. I, well, uh, maybe maybe, Mr. Nice Guy, maybe I am a uh, maybe I am a 5, but I just don't realize it. Maybe I think I'm like a 9. But uh, but in fact I'm a 5. Hey. My
0: point is if my what yo, if my wife said, Mom, you're a 5 out of 10." I'd be like, "Honey, that's terrible." That's terrible. I would be hurt but yet you're saying Batman vs. Superman wasn't that bad, but it's a 5. Anyway, we're getting we're getting sidetracked. We digress. Uh, lots of people in the chat saying Superman is their favorite. Uh, I'm okay with Superman. I feel like he's a little bit OP, a little bit overpowered. Uh, let's do a couple more news stories because we're actually going way over. Mac, you can pick. We'll do one more. We got four to choose from. We got Overwatch modes that just came out. We got Nintendo's conference they recently did. We got, uh... oh, so we just have three. We have the two I just said, or we have Overwatch's reporting system for reporting trolls.
1: Ooh, let's talk about the trolls. All right, let's talk
0: about it. So if you guys play Overwatch as much as I do, you know that occasionally you get some fools in there who want to play games. And I don't mean play games like play Overwatch. I mean they want to play trolling games and griefing games. And they want to try to ruin the game for those of us who are really trying to play and have a good time. Well, this article's on Kotaku. And it says, a year after release, Overwatch players on PS4 and Xbox One now have recourse for the trash May who won't stop icing her teammates into the spawn point. As a point of reference, you guys, Mei is a character in the game. She has the ability to put up an ice wall to block off the enemy team. However, some people use Mei to troll and they put up an ice wall as soon as you spawn and you can't get out of the spawn uh, to troll teammates. So... It says Overwatch, a pleasant game that recently has taken a turn for the toxic, has gotten flax for how long console players waited to get their reporting system. Rampant griefing and poor teamwork, which are reportable offenses on PC, could make Overwatch's play environment on console rough. Today's patch, which includes a new deathmatch mode and map, made reporting someone on console about as easy as reporting someone on PC to summon Blizzard's Righteous Fury on some crappy player. You can select that player from your recent players list. A drop down menu now has the report feature. You can report them for abusive chat, griefing, poor teamwork, and any other myriad of other fun Overwatch play strategies. I mean, troll behaviors listed. So I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, but, Mac, this is no different than, uh, than reporting people on Xbox or reporting people on PC. Do you feel like these reporting systems even work? Do you, I mean, do you, what, what are your. And, 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 and here's part two Have you ever reported someone for their online behavior using one of these systems?
1: I have never reported anyone. However, don't forget, Mr. Nice Guy, I, in general, avoid any online competitive play and stick solely. As a matter of fact, I tend to just look at a game and if it has online competitive, I just go, "Mm, no thanks. This game isn't for me but rather just do online cooperative. And if I'm going to join a server that could go either way, I, tur- I make sure to only go for servers that have PvP off, for example, um, because I just don't want to deal with the type of crowd that that... I don't want to deal with the trolls that that kind of uh, uh, environment attracts. So, But to be I- fair,
0: you played Minecraft a lot, right? And I mean there yes. were Minecraft griefers who would set people's servers on fire, you know, and and put TNT everywhere and blow it up. I see you laughing cuz you know I'm right about that. <laughs>
1: yes. However, that's why I just played locally. And uh, and on occasion, I would have someone like say Mr. the nice guy over and he would use my guest Minecraft yep. account yep. in order to play and we would play on a local server together. So yes, but still, but still, I kept my group tight. So I'm the, what I'm getting at here is that I'm the wrong person to ask because I just, I, I haven't played any of these games that have a reporting system. So of course I've never used them.
0: And so here's, here's where I think these systems fail because I remember when I got my Xbox 360 in Christmas of 2010, I believe it was. Shout out to Wifey for that great present. Uh, I remember using the reporting feature and thinking, oh, this is great. You know, all these people who are online and they're using racial slurs or they're using hate speech, even if it's not directed towards me, I can report these people because it's not acceptable behavior, right? No one wants to Mm -hmm. play in a a gaming um, environment like that. So I remember I would report people, and sometimes the stuff that they would say would be so evil um, that I would check later. I'd look at their profile to see, oh, did Microsoft hop on this? Did they, did they ban this person? And the answer was no, 100% of the time. And the reason for that is because the way it works is someone has to get reported many, 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 many times consistently for this type of stuff to actually take effect. Uh, and I don't believe that enough players ever use the feature uh, for it to be, be effective. So, I mean, it's great that, that Blizzard is trying to incorporate this, but I don't think it's ultimately going to make a difference. That's my stance. I hate to be pessimistic, pessimistic. Uh, But I I just don't think that uh, this feature is going to result in getting rid of the Griefers. So, anyway, guys, that has been our news for the week. Mac, I'll turn it over to you, man.
1: All right. Well, next, we're going to talk a little bit about some of uh, gaming history. And, boy, do we have a couple really, really good ones. Um, First, I want to talk about how video games used to be. Um, Gaming used to involve, of course, cartridges. Um, in general, is how it used to be done. These cartridges you would plug into your system, and you would play them. Games tended to be relatively short. Um, there wasn't, there often wasn't much of a of a of a way to complete it. Or if there was an ending to a lot of games, they tended to be you know kind kind of short. Uh, you know, we're talking console games um, and things and the like. Um, eventually as people started making video games that were bigger, more expansive, and could not be beaten in a single PlayStation se- session until, of course, speedrunners came along, um, you would have uh, a need for you to be able to save your progress in a certain way. Right? Yep. yep. So what I'm referring to is passwords, is how we used to do that. Um, that was kind of the early way because cartridges often didn't have a way for you to save um, your progress on the cartridge and uh, and older consoles didn't really have a way for you to save um, to say an external memory card or anything like that that we would come to know later on so this year or I should say this week in years past we saw the Legend of Zelda the first one the gold cartridge which included a battery that permitted saving. And this was huge. This was huge because previous to this point in time, what we had to do was we either had to rely on passwords or we had to just rely on trying to get through the game in one sitting. Or maybe, Mr. Nice Guy, tell me if you like me did this, have done this on occasion, but left the console paused, but turned on all night so that you could get back to it in the morning or maybe get back to it after school. All the time, I did it, absolutely. Yes, and now saving is ubiquitous. There's there's nothing that we, you know, that we really can save at many different points. Sometimes, if you're emulating a system, you can even save at any time you darn well please with save states. But up until The Legend of Zelda, which was the first to implement this, uh, this battery-based saving on the cartridge... That was basically all we could do. So this week we saw a huge... I, I would say this is a turning point in video games. The ability to save, which allowed us to expand our horizons and make bigger and uh, and more dynamic games as we could save our story, our character in there and name them cool things like Lonk or Link or Mac or whatever we wanted to name the character. And it'd be saved.
0: Doo-doo-face. It was...
1: Awesome. Doo Face and how? So we owe that to this past week in gaming. But that's not all, Mr. Nice Guy. We have something else. There's more? I think there, But wait, there's more. Something else that is revolutionary in gaming history as well. And that happens to be a little title. Maybe you haven't heard of it. I mean, it's pretty obscure. GoldenEye64. Uh, Fantastic game. Fant- you've heard of it?
0: I've heard of it, yeah.
1: I think, oh, okay. I, think I played well, it once or twice. Yeah, played it once or twice. You know, I I get that a lot. People tend to say things, hey, remember GoldenEye? Someone will be like, oh yeah, I remember hearing something about that. Well, in 1997, August 25th, 1997, that game was released in the US. Um, Of course, it also was a cartridge-based game, but, uh, but what was really fun about this is not only did it have saves, but it had, most notably... The multiplayer competitive play, couch yeah. competitive play. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Remember, I didn't have a 64, so I was at the mercy of my friends who had Nintendo 64s. But there wasn't was there a cooperative? No. As well, no. It was no. just competitive. Yep. Okay. Okay. So you could play with up to four people in split screen mode on uh, on. Um, uh, on GoldenEye, uh, sixty four, as James Bond, as Odd Job, as, uh, as Boris as um, Boris, you could play as all these different characters, and uh, and go head to head on these maps that were fantastic, um, and shoot these guns that were great. Of course, everybody always tried to run for the golden gun, which was a one one shot KO, if I recall properly. Correct, but. Right there. That was kind of, I don't believe it was the first game that had competitive, uh, that had local competitive play. But it was really where it got, where local competitive play got its start. Where that started being a big thing. People started having not quite, uh, well because computers had had land, land parties before. But this was really sort of the big entrant in, uh, in console for consoles' own type of LAN party, uh, they they're them coming into their own. I know that I have completely butchered like every word I tried to say there, but that's just how excited I am about this, Mister Nice Guy. I mean, this has been a big week for gaming history. We owe so many, uh, so many uh, innovations uh, to the releases that we've seen in this past week, in years that have gone before. So a fantastic week for gaming history.
0: It's true. And, you know, we were going to talk about the SNES Classic in gaming news. We didn't quite get to it. But speaking of GoldenEye, if they eventually do release the N64 Classic, like, that's one console that I really actually do want. You know what I mean? Um, If there's a way where I can actually, like, bring back the concept of playing GoldenEye and have friends over and connect the HDMI to the TV or the projector or whatever, dude, that is... Like, it, it has to happen, and to me, the N64, because it was the first console, um, at least on the Nintendo side, to have four-player, uh, other than, I guess, with the, the SNES, you could buy, like, a multi-tap, or whatever it was called, to play with four people, but, uh, like, I'd have to have it, because, I mean, you have Goldeneye, you have Gauntlet Legends, you have Diddy Kong Racing, you have Super Mario Kart 64, I mean, and then in addition to that, all the awesome single-player games, you know, the Mario 64s, um, the Legend of Zeldas that were on there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you got Tony Hawk, which I guess is multiplayer as well. But, like, that's a console that I'd have to have, and, and GoldenEye is a big reason why. Now, Mac, I don't know if you ever played it, but on the Wii, they did do a GoldenEye remake. Uh, and it was it was okay, you know what I mean, for a Wii first-person shooter. Uh, it didn't live up to the original, but it was still a fantastic game and, uh, and I hope that they do something like that again on the switch I would love to play that
1: I know that there was a goldeneye source that's that on was, PC uh, yeah on PC yeah uh, but that's that's about all now I I mean it's not that I didn't play Goldeneye 64 it's just that you know lack of access to a um, uh, to a, uh, to a Nintendo 64 made it difficult for me
0: yeah totally understandable well, nice. Anything else awesome come out this week uh, in gaming
1: history? Um, you know, nothing as awesome as we've already discussed. So, I think we'll uh, so I think we'll leave it there for now.
0: Okay, fantastic. Well, guys, we'll keep things moving. Once again, welcome to the podcast. If you are here live, this is Two Nerds in a Pod, episode number forty-one, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. Uh, and the next segment of our show is a segment we like to call the Viewer Question of the Week. 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 A segment of the show where you ask a question and we answer it, sometimes in a silly way, sometimes in a serious way, Uh, but always we answer the question. So, this week's question once again comes from Galvatron, and this is like a very, very narrow question that I almost don't know how to answer, but we're going to try to tackle it anyway. Um, And I may alter it a little bit, Galvatron, because you're here live, just to make it a little bit more, uh, more relevant. Um... But here's the question. He says, "Crackdown 3 is pushed to 2018. Has any console has a, has any console had as bad a second year? Excuse me, a second half year as Xbox? Uh, and and I mean that's a that like that's such a specific question. Like not saying has any console ever had as bad a year as Xbox, but has any console ever had as bad a second half year as Xbox?" Um, and I mean, I'd really have to, like, dig deep into the archives to remember what games were released when. I didn't quite have time to research this. Mac, I can talk for a little bit about this unless you have an answer that you're... Yeah, see, because that's... What, me either, dude, because I, I really don't know. But I will say this. I would say, generally speaking, the first year that a console comes out, the second half of the year is is terrible. Um, consoles, I mean, they come out at different times. A lot of times it's holiday, um, so I guess that is the second half of the year. But but the following year, after a console has come out, usually there's maybe one or two games, but there's not a lot of exclusives and not a lot of system sellers because when they put out the game at release, the console at release, that's when they put out one or two big titles to get people to buy it. And then they kind of make you wait for a little bit, and they put out some indie stuff. Um, we're kind of seeing it with Nintendo right now in that they put out Legend of Zelda. They put out... Uh, They put out um, Mario Kart, which to me was awesome because I didn't have a Wii U, even though it's a Wii U remake. And then now we're seeing a lot of indies, you know, we're seeing games like Sonic that are not even exclusives. Um, We are seeing some exclusives like Splatoon and ARMS, if that's your cup of tea, it's not mine personally, Um, but we're not seeing Nintendo really killing it. Now, to be fair, supposedly Mario is going to come out um, and we have things like Xenoblade Chronicles and Monster Hunter on the Horizon. Um, But up until now, the the Switch is not having that good a year. But your question was about Xbox specifically. Um, And I will acknowledge that they're having a terrible year. Part of the reason that I think their year is so terrible is because they've put everything into the Xbox One X that's going to come out um, in, uh, I think, in November. Uh, But they put all their, their money into that basket of making the console and didn't put any money into, or any investments into making games to sell the console, so, um, I would go with you and, and say, yeah, this probably is the worst second half of the year that any consoles had, because they simply don't have exclusives. Last point, and then I'll stop talking, uh, we read the article in Gaming News, where the guy said they have 12, or excuse me, over the next 12 months, they have many exclusives coming out, one of them was Project Unknown Battlegrounds, um, there were some others, to me, that's not enough. You need to have the, the software when your consoles are coming out, especially when you're releasing an upgrade in the One X to a console that has already sold poorly. So I'm with you. Xbox is sucking right now. That's what I got to say about it. And Mac, should we leave it at that this week? It, it could be a nice guy monologue. It, like, It's such a specific question that I think it's kind of hard to answer.
1: Uh, well, certainly for me. So I am all in favor of leaving that as a nice dialogue.
0: Let's do that. Guys, you can submit those viewer questions to us at Tuners in a Pod on, uh, on Twitter or Tuners in a Podcast at gmail.com before the show. Mac, it's all you, man.
1: All right. Well, this next segment we call Kick or Kickstart. Remember, you're going to get a chance to put your input into this segment. I will uh, put a Kickstarter um, link to it in the chat so that you can have a look, those of you who are here live. We will talk about this Kickstarter, some of the virtues, some of the vices, and at the end we will say whether we think this should be kicked out of here or whether we think it's got potential and should be kickstarted. And at the end, we will encourage you to say whether you think it should be kicked or kickstarted. So we'll start, we'll uh, do the initiative, or I should say initiative, on Kickstarter. I've uh, put the link in there. So now this is from Indelve Studios, right? These guys, um, they have some experience in a few other things, but not that much, which initially makes me a little bit leery. But I shouldn't shouldn't start with that. I, I need to talk about the game first. Sorry. Okay, let's... Let's talk about, let's, <laughs> let's talk about this. Okay. So, Initiative is essentially um, a sort of more modern take on, uh, was it uh, Sid Meier's... Um, Civilization? Alpha Centauri? Oh. I want to say, where um, in this particular game, the point of it is to try and build up, uh, build up science and technology on Earth. And get 200 and, uh, sorry, two hundred and sorry, twenty five hundred colonists on Mars. Um, have twenty-five uh, 2, hundred colonists on Mars survive. So that involves um, R and D on Earth, uh, building the materials and the the ships to take people to Mars, um, building the colonies on Mars that are self sustaining and sufficient. Um, a lot of the emphasis in the Kickstarter places that not just... that This isn't just going to be a sort of, uh, you know, who can build the fastest and fire the rockets off there, but that you can um, actively take parts to, you know, uh, sabotage the other players. This will have an option for playing uh, competitively with multiple players online or playing against AI where you can... Poach some of the best uh, scientific minds. So go ahead and steal Werner von Braun from somebody uh, from from the Germans, basically. Um, also, you can actually do sabotage and sabotage other um, civilizations, if you will. Maybe I shouldn't say civilization too much. Uh, because of the whole uh, parallels that one yeah, might draw. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but the point is to get them there. You can pick up people who are, you know, uh, you can pick up uh, uh, people for your programs who are have things like uh, maybe they're very loyal, maybe they're very creative, uh, but not very organized. That creates problems within uh, within teams that maybe you can overcome, or maybe it winds up, you know, not working so well. What's the point of having a really creative person heading up the, uh, you know, heading up the R&D if, you know, if it just creates strife? A lot of things that they're trying to um, that they're trying to point out are going to be a big deal for balancing. So a lot of resource management, a lot of talent management, um, and a lot of uh, a lot of science and tech. Now, what I will say that does really attract me to this game is that they um, they talk a lot about having been enthusiasts, you know, um, astronomy and space enthusiasts for many years. And they specifically mention that they've had a lot of, uh, let's see, here it is, um, how they've gone to conferences with, at NASA um, with the JPL uh, chief, of Engi- uh, chief of engineering, many other people talking about politics, about technology, and about things. Um, and as someone who's kind of a space enthusiast myself, I find this to be very, very cool. Um, you know, just people who aren't really PhDs or masters and things, but rather just enthusiasts and have a love for telling a, or wanting to tell a certain type of story and going for that. So, um, so yeah. A- a- anyway, I am a little bit concerned. Um, it is a very, very big project. Um, it's the first one that they're... Um, uh, now. They, I I was a little bit too quick to judge, right? So they do have uh, people who have experience in AAA titles like Batman, Arkham Knight, Halo Five. Oh, really? and Such. Yes, but what they don't really have is this is kind of uh, this is kind of the biggest project their studio has overtaken, and if I'm not mistaken, it's also the first project their studio has overtaken. They're asking for fifty-five thousand dollars on Kickstarter to get it uh, to get it uh, completed, and they're you know thirty percent of the way there. But I feel like their asking price for building a game of this uh, of this style um, is too low. Right. My concern is that we'll wind up they will have kind of lowballed it, and if they don't wind up getting large amounts of capital, that they'll have difficulty being able to produce all these things in a um, in a way that is appealing and not bug ridden uh, with so little money on the line and of course it's not all about money but really the money is going to let them dedicate the time to building this as they don't have to be focused on you know holding down another job so for myself I am very cautiously optimistic um, I really want to love it, but at the end of the day, I feel like the asking price is so much lower than it ought to be for a game of this uh, for a game of this type. Um, even when we're just thinking about what it's going to take to have servers going that will you know that will handle the backend operations, I personally would have to say that I think I would kick it rather than kickstart, just because I think the goals to funding are a little too unrealistic.
0: Yeah, I agree. And so, I mean, when you, when you do a Kickstarter, I get frustrated on both ends. I get frustrated with people who ask for too much money and they haven't put mm-hmm. in any groundwork, but also frustrated with people who have a good idea, right? Or a good concept for a game and they, then they don't ask for enough. It results in one of two things. It results, like you said, in them putting out a game that's not fully fleshed out, that's not complete and they had to cut corners because they didn't have the funds to finish it, or it just results in them not finishing the game at all. Which is my biggest frustration with Kickstarter, is that there's no repercussions for people doing these products, collecting the money, getting it funded, and then not um, finishing the game or finishing the product. So um, I'm going to say kick this just because it's not my thing. I, I don't like these types of games. And, uh, and, and Mac, now I know you have one rule. Does this game violate your one rule or does it? It uh, does. Okay. It
1: does not have a playable demo. So I would have, I would have advised, you know, even if it hit everything else, I would have been like, hey, this is a great project. Maybe you guys should kickstart it, but I'm going to kick it. But for me, I, you know, even before getting to the, does it have a playable demo, it's still like their reach is exceeding their grasp. In my opinion, now to, so to be, I'd say kick it for that. To
0: be fair, a lot of the games that we look at on here are indie games, or they're games that, you know, a playable demo makes sense. This game mm-hmm. it sounds like it would need servers, so do you, kinda, do you ever give a pass in your mind as you're looking at Kickstarters, and you say, oh, well, this is a game that needs servers to run, so there's no way they can do a playable demo because they don't have the servers out there. Like, do you ever give give games a pass, is what I'm trying to say? In that
1: Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do, and I say, well, you know, this can't be done. It's an MMORPG, unless you've got everything. You know, they're not going to be able to have a playable demo until the beta, because that will be their playable demo, will be the beta. Uh, but, you know, and, and this one doesn't get a pass on the playable demo on that count, uh, because... It is supposed to have a single-player, you know, a single-player mode where you play against the AI. And that can be handled through the game itself. I mean, I can't think... I can... I suppose there are some games where the AI is handled um, server-side rather than client-side.
0: Right, like MMOs. But, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, like MMOs. But I can't think of any non-MMO games that have... Uh, that have AI server rather than client side. Sorry, I digress. But uh, but anyway, that's uh, our kick and kickstart. And or you know what we like to do today. too,
0: though, is we like to take a vote in the chat. Uh, mm-hmm. So you guys can let us know what you think. If you think it should be kicked or kickstarted, uh, and we'll uh, we won't kick it or we won't put money in because neither of us thinks it's going to be something we like anyway. So mm-hmm. well, cool, Max. Should I go ahead and move on to our next? Uh,
1: Absolutely, sir.
0: Sweet. Guys, it's time for the main event, my favorite segment of the show. This is the Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather segment of the show, the part that you've all been waiting for. Uh, This is our Dummy of the Week, a segment of the show where I talk about someone who did something stupid, idiotic, or downright dumb, and I make fun of them. And this week's story has a real, real dumb kid who did something stupid this is on QNS.com. I've never heard of this news site before. But here's the article. This is from Today. It says, A teen in Brooklyn, excuse me, from Brooklyn, is in cuffs for allegedly carrying out a Ridgewood burglary pattern in which he duped residents into letting him into multifamily apartments and removed thousands of dollars worth of electronics and clothing. This is crazy, this story, Mac. It says, According to the criminal complaints provided by the Queens District Attorneys of Office, Rasheem Monroe, age 18, is being charged in four burglary attempts, two in the same building on the same night over a span of 10 days. The first incident occurred between the hours of 8 and 8.30 p.m. on August 13th inside of an apartment on Himrod Street. Police said that Monroe was seen walking into the building by the victim, told her he was going to meet friends on the third floor. The victim then followed Monroe, the complaint notes, and witnessed him turn onto the second floor. So... Step number one, guys. If you're going to walk into an apartment building where you don't live and lie to someone who lives there and say, hey, I'm just going to meet some friends on the third floor, at least rob apartments on the third floor. (laughs) Don't go to the second floor, because they're not going to assume that you just don't know how to count. They're going to think, oh, this person is up to something. They're going to know immediately when you go to the wrong floor. Uh, It goes on to say... He turned on the second floor. It says, when she returned to her apartment later that night cops added she found it to be in disarray and two pairs of yeezy sneakers two video game controllers three video games a playstation 4 and xbox one a pair of beats headphones a michael kors watch and a black wallet containing fifteen hundred dollars to be missing from the location okay now i gotta say um i don't know what kind of apartments these are but uh, apparently a lot of big ballers live there because this girl had two pairs of yeezys every game console and it just had fifteen hundred dollars laying in her wallet Like, either it's a really, really baller apartment complex, or it's an apartment complex where, you know, everyone's selling drugs, um, and they just have all kinds of cool stuff like this that they're just spending the drug money on, or they just all have such bad credit that they can't open a bank account, because who's keeping $1,500 in their wallet? That makes no sense to me at all.
1: Okay, if I may, if I may, Mr. Nice Guy, I, I had a reasonable amount of cash in my wallet not that long ago because I was selling those glasses for the Eclipse and uh, taking payments in cash and I had a large I had a large amount of them and was selling them at very reasonable prices so uh, so I had a lot of money but I didn't but 1500 just sitting in your wallet I mean are you paying rent that day I mean I would just pay rent with a check but Maybe a shady landlord? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, who knows? Yep. Yeah, it's just 1500 in cash? Maybe I'm being too Seems judgmental. Like
0: but who knows? Maybe I, maybe she was going to give it to charity later that day or just make it rain on some poor kids. You never know. You never know. So maybe I should yeah. should not judge. But the article goes on. It says, according to the criminal complaint, the following two incidents took place between 530 and 630 on August 16th in an apartment building on Mahanan Street where he told someone at the door he was going inside to meet a friend. In his first attempt, Monroe was thwarted when he tried to enter an apartment that was occupied by the owner, police said. When he saw the owner of the apartment, Monroe said he was looking for his friend and accidentally entered the wrong apartment. After the failed burglary, law enforcement agents said he continued through the building until he found an empty apartment where he lifted three Apple laptops, three Apple iPads, a PlayStation 4, a wallet containing various credit and debit cards, everything is estimated to be worth around 3000 who has three Apple lap in an apartment? You know what I mean. Like I could get if you Pri- priorities, Mister. Nice three guy. laptops and three iPads.
1: That does seem a touch excessive. I mean, maybe
0: everybody in the house. But had maybe one. you
1: need a screen for every room in the apartment.
0: What city was this in again? Uh, this was in. I think it was in Florida.
1: No, it was in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, like New York. Yeah. Okay, I know at least one or two things about New York, and that is apartments don't have more than, like, two rooms. That's what I'm saying. I mean, this is, like, three... This is three screens per room of your apartment. So, okay, I mean, maybe then I can give a pass on the 1500 in cash. Brooklyn landlords, definitely shady. Cash only? Mm, yeah, I can see that. But, but... That's a lot of lap. Although, to be fair, with how high property values are, you really only can't afford to be in New York if you're really, really rich.
0: Yeah, it's true. Or really, really. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, having having an a Apple laptop in a New York apartment is like having a big screen because they're such small apartments. So I don't mm-hmm. know why you need three of them, but that's just yeah. me. Bottom line, guys, this kid's a dummy. Uh, no, no stealth technique. To his, uh, to his tactics, although I will say it seems like he really targeted apartments that had a lot of stuff because he, he hit the jackpot as far as the stuff he took both times. So, Bottom line, though, that's our Dummy of the Week. Don't steal. We don't condone that. Mac, back over to you.
1: All right. Well, the last thing we want to do is talk about some legally. Legalese. And so this is actually going to be fun because sometimes in a Two Nerds in a Pod episode, we get a chance to uh, look back on something that we had discussed previously. This is one of those situations where we've got a little bit of an update to something we've discussed in the past. Specifically, it's the lawsuit between Solid Oak Sketches and, um, and Take Two, the makers of NBA 2K16. You may or may not recall that Solid Oak Sketches sued the makers of NBA 2K16 for the reproduction of Without licensing, aka copyright infringement, of their of the tattoo designs on the digital versions of LeBron James and Stephen Curry, as well as other uh, other athletes, other basketball players. So um, the case uh, now uh, they were going to start up this lawsuit. Uh, they did start it up uh, back in I want to say February. Uh, however, we've only recently gotten some more details because, of course, the case is now being. Heard in earnest um so what's fun is now we know even though we don't have a a, com- a a conclusion to the case we do know what type of defense each side is going to go for what they're going to you know work uh work with so on the one hand we have solid oak and they're citing a v thq also known as the mike tyson face tattoo case um, this came about after the, uh, the movie Hangover 2? 3? One of those? Hangover 1 Too Many is, is really what I'm getting at, <laughs> where, um, uh, where one of the characters gets a face tattoo identical to Mike Tyson's. Um, and so uh, the case was settled. Uh, was, it was eventually settled, but not before... The judge that was hearing that case had, um, had basically mentioned that, uh, that tattoos were copyrightable, um, were a copyrightable form of art and expression. So on the one hand, Solid Oak is saying that that shows their tattoos are copyrightable. Um, NBA2K16, these guys did not ask for our, uh, uh, for a, they didn't ask to, you know, to put these in there. In an interesting turn of events, Take Two is actually relying entirely on fair use as a defense for ta- for the, their tattoo use. Now, um, it, it's it's really intriguing because uh, because fair use, as you know, um, takes into account basically four things: the purpose and character of the use. Um, they'll also take into account whether or not this was for a nonprofit or educational use. Uh, number two, the nature of the copyrighted work. Number three, the amount of copyrighted work used. And number four, the economic impact of the, of this uh, fair use, which means not only how much value does, this, does the copyrighted work give to the product that is using it without permission, but also what kind of damages are going to, are happening to the copyright to the party who actually owns the copyright. Are people, you know, getting their, I don't know, sweet sweet tattoo fix? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, are they getting their sweet sweet tattoo fix through the um, uh, through the uh, uh, through the video game? Uh, so, Take Two is saying that, you know, uh, going last points first that it doesn't give their product value. It's just basically, it's a sundry thing for accuracy, and that it doesn't actually, um, you know, damage the other party. Uh, the amount of copyright work used, they are, you know, filing a lawsuit for, you know, a couple of tattoos, but there are tons of the, of the, uh, of the players that have tattoos. Um, it's being used only very little, and while of course it's, they can't claim non-profit or educational use. They're banking pretty heavily on uh, items three and four, uh, being the you know uh, being able to do fair, go for fair use on this. So um, it doesn't look like they're going to be settling out of court, out of uh, out of court, or anything like that. But they are definitely pressing forward, full steam ahead. And I never thought I'd see the day where a AAA dev would be using... Uh, would be using... Uh, um, fair use. Uh, fair use. Thank you, Mr. Nice Guy. Sorry, having trouble today. Uh, would be using fair use to protect themselves rather than us using fair use to protect it, ourselves. Dude, that's a brilliant the, analysis. The so, yeah.
0: That's a brilliant analysis. And I hope well, that thanks. somebody takes one of these old Take-Two games and brings the servers back so that people can play one of their favorite classic games and then take two gets mad and the people say hey bro it's just fair use it's just fair use just like those tattoos that you were getting in fights over this is just fair use i hope it happens we'll see
1: we shall see indeed but yeah that's all that i had for legalese um It'll be interesting to see where they come down on this, but uh, but nonetheless, that's where both parties stand at the moment.
0: Noise. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's pretty much our show. Thank you for tuning in. Now, before we go, we like to do one last thing in every episode. We like to talk about what we've been watching and what we've been playing. It's the last segment of the show. While we do it, we want you guys to tell us in the chat the stuff that you have been watching, whether it's TV, whether it's Blu-rays, whether it's in the movie theater, whether it's YouTube, let us know what you've been watching, as well as the games you've been playing. And if you want to throw comics in there, you can do that too. We're always looking for new nerdy stuff to check out. Mac, do you want to lead off this week, or do you want me to lead off?
1: No, no, I'll lead off. So I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching some uh, some Madam Secretary. Yes, I've been enjoying it. How far um, in are you? Oh, I'm only a few episodes in. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, I've also Mrs. The Mac has been watching Game of Thrones. And so uh, she looped me in. So I guess I saw this most recent season finale of Game of Thrones, whatever season they're on, 9, 10, whatever it is. Um, And that seemed kind of cool. Is is that
0: available on the Amazon thing? Uh,
1: I think so. We'll chat later. Maybe. Yeah, we'll chat later. Um, I have watched most of Amazon's The Tick. And uh, I'm enjoying it. Honestly, though, I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, I had hoped that there would be a little bit more on there than just six episodes. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, And that's pretty much all I've been watching. Um, As far as playing, I've played a little bit of uh, Don't Starve Together and been playing some... uh, I've been using the Synergy mod on Half-Life 2 to play Half-Life 2 cooperatively with a friend who lives uh, nearby. So that's been kind of fun. Nice.
0: Well, dude, I've been doing a lot of, uh, of TV watching, not as much gaming. Now, my wife and I are watching Madam Secretary as well. And while, I was, uh, while my wife was still in Utah on vacation and I was back here working uh, mm-hmm. for about a, a week or so because I came back early from vacation, um, she actually watched a bunch of Madam Secretary without me. So now she's having to watch it again. Uh, because that's not okay. So <laughs> so she's letting me get caught up with her, and, uh, and we laugh about that. But yeah, Mac, you're going to love it as you get more into it. That's a solid show. Uh, anyway, uh, I've been watching that, and like I said, I just picked up Guardians of the Galaxy 2 on um, 3D Blu-ray, watched it in 3D this past weekend. It's fantastic. I don't know if you've seen it, Mac. Uh, I have not. Have you seen the original Guardians of the Galaxy?
1: I did. And was underwhelmed, personally.
0: Yeah, so if you were underwhelmed with the first one, you're going to be underwhelmed with this one as well. um, Because it's more of the same. Uh, So you could save yourself a couple hours if that's not really your thing. Uh, What else have I been watching? Uh, Blacklist Season 2. I'm still on Season 2. And I have not watched The Defenders yet. And I'm surprised, Mac, that that wasn't your very first first thing have you watched the defenders Uh...
1: so mrs the back and i got about halfway through the defenders and then we kind of had to stop because just life got crazy so we haven't finished defenders yet although i have to admit we positively hated danny rand in iron fist and he is just he is just as much of a little whiny um he's basically as he's he's a child in Defenders, and he's always making these horrible decisions. And it's just so funny because everybody else is laughing at Danny Rand with you. And it's like, oh, yeah. I wonder,
0: though, is that is that a sign of him being a good actor? Or is that a sign of, you know, like, playing the character well? Or is it a sign of that just bad writing? You know, I haven't watched Iron Fist uh, yet.
1: Uh, no, I think it's probably a sign of good writing. In um I will point out that there is this one thing right there is a decision that Danny Rand makes um specifically on the advice or on the uh I guess yeah on the advice of uh of Luke Cage okay and it is it is among all like among all like motivations of the characters to do a specific thing sure I was like I was really excited. That a motivation to do something came out of not being forced to do something, but active conversation. And not quite like a change of worldview, but like uh, a greater understanding of oneself from a conversation with another character. It was really sort of atypical for a superhero movie. It almost felt like growth in that moment. But, uh, but yeah.
0: Huh. Well, anyway, uh, so I've been watching, uh that's what I've been watching. As far as what I've been playing, uh, Bucky O'Hare, old-school MAME arcade game. My kids have really been into it, and it's multiplayer, beat-em-up type games. So we've been playing a lot of that. Uh, just picked up that new Uncharted, The Lost yes. Legacy, uh, which stars Nadine and Chloe uh, from the series. And then, you know, always on that Overwatch grind. Um, what else have I been playing? A little bit of Hearthstone, getting back into that. And, uh, and we'll leave it at that. I'm playing some other stuff, but that's mostly what I've been into. Mac, you want to hit the chat up? Let us know what the people in the chat have been playing.
1: Sure, we've got some defenders, some uh, some of the tick on Amazon, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam series, My Hero Academia, and Star Trek Enterprise season four. Um, let's see yeah some uh, some discussion about uh, about defenders and how that goes as for games we've got things like uncharted batman enemy within uh rocket league titanfall um what else have we got yeah that looks like a good summary of the games we've got but yeah awesome. that's what our good friends and viewers have been watching and playing
0: awesome well, hey, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been episode number 41. I almost said almost one I don't know where that one came from. This has been episode number 41 of Two Nerds in a Pod. You guys really are the best viewers on Twitch. If you like the podcast, hit us up on iTunes. All the episodes are up on there. And uh, just search for Two Nerds in a Pod. Leave a rating if you enjoy it. Share it with your friends. Like, subscribe, tweet it out. Do all that good stuff. We do this every single Tuesday, except when I'm on work, vacation, or out of out of town, or Mac is sick. Um, uh, we do it every Tuesday 9pm central 8pm mountain here on twitch.tv backslash 2nerds in a pod we'll see you next week keep it nerdy kids deuces